Welcome to Frosh FM, your one-stop shop for all things Queen's University. Whether you're starting your first year of undergrad, graduate studies, or maybe you're just looking to get more involved, then this is the perfect podcast for you. You'll hear from student clubs, panels of current students as well as alumni, and even student governing bodies. Check us out on Instagram at frosh underscore FM. And if you are part of the club and want to be featured on Frosh FM, reach out to outreach at cfrc.ca today. In this new episode of Frosh FM, we spoke with Sarah. She's part of Queen's Native Student Association, which is a diverse group, a club of indigenous and non-indigenous students that share an interest in Aboriginal cultures and traditions. They seek to promote increased culture understanding on campus and hopes for solidarity and cooperation towards achieving a campus-wide mutual respect. My name is Silvia Bejar, and please stay tuned. Hi, Sarah, please introduce yourself. Sego, Sego, Gwego, Gwanidoa Yungets, Wagenesio, Akosasa, Tikitoa, Doasa Asa, Niwako Siliago. Sego, hello, my name is Sarah. I am Snipe Clan from the Akosasa Mohawk Territory, and I'm 23 years old. I am currently in the Indigenous Studies major and Psychology minor here at Queens, and I am in my third year. Awesome. So how, <laughs> how did you join the club or maybe you were, were one of the creators of this club? Tell me about this club. Um, so my first year, I got very active within the Four Directions community, I think within the first month. And that's where I learned about QNSA. And I started to attend meetings my second semester because I couldn't really attend my first. It just never lined up. And with me being active within my second semester, I got very involved mostly with Indigenous Awareness Week kind of took on some events there. And with that involvement, I got nominated to be the vice president within my second year. And I kind of helped along there. Um, and then with our entire team sadly graduating and us taking on a new team, um, me already kind of knowing some of the ropes, I got nominated to be president. And one of my fellow, um, my co-president, she was also involved. She's in her fourth year now, but she got involved I think her second, first or second year as well, but she was the co-chair. So now we both are taking this on and that's kind of how I got involved. It was just kind of a word of mouth within the 4D community. Okay, so what's the main objective, like the, the main goal of this club? What do you want to achieve with it? Um, it's just, a lot of it is just more indigenous awareness and indigenous involvement. Um, we don't have as many indigenous people, as, at least as far as I know, within Queen's community. And as I've been going through within my years here at Queen's, I've been noticing a little bit of not as much as indigenous involvement within the Queen's community as well. So our objective is just kind to collaborate with more clubs, bring more education and awareness to us as people, as a community, get more involvement, more education, just whatever we can to kind of bring that, I don't really know how to word it, Um, bring that in to the community and just show like who we are instead of whatever stereotypes that may be presented. Um, and then also just allowing the indigenous community at Queens a place where they feel more welcomed because indigenous people, a lot of us come from a very small tight community and community is a huge thing for us. Even if it's not exactly people from our own nations, our own tribes, like I'm Mohawk, I'm, I'm, 
do really well with other Mohawks, but a lot of my friends are very, they're Anishinaabe, they're Ojibwe, they're Navajo, they're, we're just all different um, communities that just come together and it's just a warm welcoming community for us. And that's the type of dynamic we need in order to succeed, especially in a university setting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this was pretty recent, but with all the events that we have seen in mean, the couple past months, um, do you think that maybe the awareness about this, the indigenous thing, the indigenous topic will change? Or are you seeing like some different response about your club or with your community here in Kingston? Um, I'm noticing, especially like with uh, the John A. MacDonald statue being taken down like I've been noticing within different clubs and other programs their reactions and I think that's something that a lot of people don't see is that even if we're not being outspoken we're still kind of watching how people react and just doing that and observing kind of shows us how people feel about us and it's kind of cool to see that with everything that happened especially with Chown what two years ago now So with everything with Chown and the Tyananega blockade and then how everyone reacted with that to the mass graves being found now, it's within the two year span, it's been kind of like a 50-50 acceptance. But it's nice to see more people kind of standing up for us within the Kingston community and them also like taking more involvement within their own education on indigenous topics. And it's little bit nice for us because I know my first year I did not feel that safe on campus with Chown and like Tyananaga and like the things that I heard especially me like I don't fit that stereotypical indigenous woman stereotype which allows me to listen a little bit more to what people say because they feel more comfortable to be more open about some of their opinions on us mm -hmm. so then sitting in kind of sitting in that type of situation and listening to that to like now people are starting to become a little bit more aware of our topics a little bit more aware of our issues and it's nice because I know I personally haven't had to educate anyone which can get a little tiring sometimes to consistently say like hey no this is why that's wrong hey no that's like that's not okay either this is why we feel this way they're kind of taking it on their own and it's nice to kind of see that If you if you have the opportunity and maybe you can right now <laughs> yeah. um, to give a to give a message about I mean to, to people that are that are not part of an indigenous community or that maybe don't know the, the indigenous communities that well. So what message would you tell them? Um, just to kind of just educate yourself and understand okay. where kind of we always say, like, put yourself in someone else's moccasins which is the same as putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And to take it, like if the roles were to switch, how would you want us to treat you? And then look at how you're treating us. It's the same, it's just educate yourself on our issues, educate yourself on why we're doing what we're doing, why this affects us. And everyone, the biggest thing that we consistently hear is, well, that it's in the past, mm -hmm. but then these mass graves have been found and it just shows like this is never going to be in the past. It's always something for like some amounts comes up. So it's just be supportive. And I understand like not everyone really fully understands where we're coming from. It's a lot of uh, I'm trying to figure out how to like say this properly. Like, like I understand that not everyone could fully understand where we're coming from, but it's best to like, at least try like, 
try to like see what I can't figure out how to say this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, just I'm trying to like with everything that was going on with the whole, especially with the mass graves, how the numbers jumped from 215 to now we're in the 5,000s. Like our issues never die out. And at least we need to see that people are trying, especially like when everything happened, a lot of people, like they reached out to us. They talked about statements, they put out statements and that was really great. Um, we liked having that support and it was really nice to see that people are trying to support us more. We, I, Being vice president last year, I don't think I seen as many clubs reach out as they did with this past mm-hmm. year, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. But it's just not only do you have to like try, you need to continue trying mm-hmm. because coming in and saying, oh, hey, we're here to help you. And just kind of putting yourself out there to say that, but then we don't ever see you again. It happens a lot. I've seen it within QNSA where we've had people come, clubs come and they want to join, they want to support us, but then it's like, hey, support us for this. And then we never see them again. And it's, Mm -hmm. we support them for their thing, but they don't support us for us. Like it's stuff like that. So it's just when it comes to us and comes to the club, like continue to educate, continue to try. Um, and just try to put yourself in our shoes, in a sense, to see, like, why why is this affecting us? If it was mm-hmm. affecting you, how would you feel? How would you react? Would you be angry like we are? So, yeah. Exactly. It's like if, if you want to collaborate <laughs> and if you want to be part of a real change, you need to be consistent. Yes. You cannot say, hey, this is this is awesome. I'm going to support you. And then the next day you're like, what? What do I want to say? Yes. That? I mean, you cannot do that, right? Real change needs to be, needs us to be persistent. Yeah. So yeah, that's a very, very important message. So I assume that maybe you are also welcoming people that are not from indigenous communities, but they want to to join you so they can learn and they can be part of you and they can just, I don't know, like experience the whole thing. Oh yeah. No, we're definitely, we're open to everyone to join. Like we're basically, it's like an open arm setting. Mm -hmm. If you are willing to learn even to just learn how to be a proper ally because some people say they are but even then it's some of the stuff they do they aren't it's not true allyship it's only kind of like uh I've talked a lot of people talked to a lot of people about this like with Instagram posts where people share because they want to look like an ally but they aren't actually a true ally so we're open to people coming in we're open to them sitting and as long as they're consistent with it We're open to them coming to join our clubs, even as general members. Um, They can be executive members. We've had a lot of non-Indigenous executive members and they've done so well. They're really great. Um, But no, it's, we're open to anyone. Doesn't matter if you're Indigenous, non-Indigenous, anyone's welcome to join. Anyone's welcome to participate in any events that we um, offer, any opportunity that we offer. They're also very welcomed at Four Directions because a lot of us, that's where a lot of our members tend to join as they fear word of mouth through four directions, but um, just we're open to anyone coming in and talking to us, chatting with us. I said like a lot of us say that we're very tired with education, but as long as someone comes up to us and they ask us the questions in a very respectful manner, a lot of us are very willing to sit down and have those conversations with people. Yeah, it, maybe people are not being so. Sub- they are not supporting you enough or in the or in the proper way or in a very helpful way just because they don't know how to do it right because yeah. they, they have never experienced what you have experienced in the past so maybe for them it's like oh I, I think that i'm supporting with this and it's like no just 
come and join and yeah. let's go let's have these conversations and you will know how how can I really feel supported by you right yeah okay that's awesome and so what kind of activities do you organize what can people expect from your club and I mean talking about the activities um so most of the majority of the time throughout the year we kind of collab with other uh clubs to kind of get our name out there and just kind of uh, do a little bit more activities Our biggest thing is Indigenous Awareness Week, which is usually the first or second week in March. And we, like this past year, we held it um, over Zoom. It was all virtual. But those events, we have a different theme every single year. And then we kind of do different events like for that theme. Um, so this past year, I'm pretty sure the theme had to do with uh, resiliency. Okay. And so a lot of the stuff we were Uh, doing was kind of through healing. Um, I know the event I hosted, I had my good friend, Logan Miracle, he did some teachings with people and he did like a little workshop and he sang. And so like, we have stuff like that. Um, I know there was one year when we were, my first year, we had um, hoop dancing in one of the halls. I cannot remember it now, but we had hoop, hoop dancing, we had drumming. Um, we have allowed people to come in, do some teachings. Uh, they did fry bread. Um, I know one was cooking with cook'em. So they did making fry bread um, and strawberry drink and some other traditional foods. And it's just kind of teaching everyone a little, giving people insight to what our culture is. Sounds and delicious. Even though I don't know what the food is, it sounds delicious for me. <laughs> it's um, I, the best way for me to describe it to non-Indigenous people is like, have you ever had fried dough? Uh-huh. It's similar to that, but it's it's not. Like, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> but the sensation maybe in my mouth would be something similar. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just different insights. So, like, uh, mine was based around Mohawk teachings. Some do uh, Métis teachings. Some did uh, the Cookums. So, it was, like, Anishinaabe teachings. So, every single thing has a different insight to who we are as people and different within our different nations. Oh, I love it. I just love it. I want to join you. <laughs> oh my God, you're so welcome to come. <laughs> okay, so so please let people know about um, your, of course, first of all, your socials, maybe an email. I mean, how can they reach out to you? Um, our biggest way is, especially with uh, the generations now, is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we're just at QNSA Club. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can also just type in uh, Queens Native Student Association on Facebook. Our email is qnsa at clubs.queensu.ca. Awesome. So, Sarah, any final message that you want to tell our audience? Um, no, just we are going to be hosting, again, with everything being hopefully back in person. We're hoping to have our meetings back in person as well. Whether they'll be weekly or biweekly, we're undecided yet, but please just keep us keep posted on our social media platforms. Reach out to us if you want to join. You can get through get to us uh, through Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us and we can let you know when we're going to be doing that. But other than that, we will be definitely posting either events, uh, meetings, everything right online. So everyone's more than welcome to join. Okay, Sarah, thank you so much for this interview and I hope to see you soon. Thank you for reaching out. Sorry, I was very all over the place. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for tuning in to Frosh FM. Don't forget that if you're a part of a club or organization at Queens and want to be featured on this podcast, reach out to us via email at outreach at cfrc.ca. 
For more information, visit our Instagram at frosh underscore FM. And for previous episodes, you can visit podcast.cfrc.ca. Thank you to the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, situated on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.